Blog Talk Radio.
Okay, I want to welcome everyone to another episode of Log Talk Radio. This is Seth. How's everybody doing tonight? Don't know what happened to our music, but I do apologize. Hopefully, uh, that won't happen again. But anyway, again, I want to welcome everyone to another episode of Blog Talk Radio. This is the network, Five Smooth Stones. I'm Brother Seth, or Seth, or Cousin Seth, or whoever I am to you. Folks, listen, tonight we're going to be having part two to the uh our most popular show of all times with Five Smooth Stones. Um, I'm talking about our older show, which was How Should We Live as the Real Israelites Today. That show uh, went well over 8,000, and we're just doing a rerun of it, and tonight is part two. If you missed last week, you missed the sisters from last week, you missed the treat because they was on point. And I believe the Father used them just like he will today use all of us to uh, uh, with this part two. So, again, uh, I want to make sure you're in the right house. Uh, make sure you're at the right blog. Again, this is How Should We Live as the Real Israelites, part two. And uh, I want to thank all of the early birds for being on time at the show already. I really appreciate it. We appreciate it so much. Uh, when we see uh, we when us bloggers come to do a show and we see people already in the house, it's such a good feeling. And it just says that people value what you're talking about and value what you're doing. And so we really, really appreciate it. And I know my guest does as well. So, folks, uh, I want to go ahead and do what I did last week and uh, read the show's description. Um, that way everybody can be on point. Uh, some of you got this in the email and or texted to you. You probably wonder why am I reading it. Well, remember, there are some people that just listen to Five Smooth Stones every week. They just call the phone number, and they don't know what's going on. So this is for those who don't have a clue as to what we're talking about. Okay, so again, the topic is how should we live, truly live, as the real Israelites. And this is show part two. Okay? Earlier I sent this out to everybody tonight, part two. All over the planet. Millions recognize and is supporting the real Israelites who happen to be vastly dark-skinned people. Many new to their identity as Israelites ask the question. Yes, they ask the question. How do we live as the Israelites, in parenthesis, Jews, in today's world? They ask, how does this truth enhance our relationship with the Most High? Another question, how do we raise a family today as Israelites? Very good question. Lastly, how should we see the business world and even politics? And I could throw in how should we see the church, even though we're part of the church. There's some confusion as to how do we see the church now as Israelites. So I went on to say, join us again Tuesday April the 4th, 2018, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, when powerful Israelite sisters Eliana and Shaviva, Kavika, Kaviva, I always get her name mixed up, but I'm going to get it right tonight. Kaviva and Eliana revisit these questions and allow the Father Spirit to bless them with ears to hear. So, um, just one moment. Okay. And I just got a correction that today is April the 3rd, so I, I apologize. I'll make that little correction as we speak. So listen, folks, 
listen, everyone, I am so happy that uh, Sister Eliana took my offer, uh, invitation to come back and to and to do part one and 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 uh, uh, this part two. I'm just so happy that her sister, uh, the one and only Kaviva, also. Uh, decided to come back with us to do part two because the sisters really blessed me. My wife and I was talking about them, and, you know, there's a lot of Israelites out there coming into this revelation. A lot of them are young. There's a lot of old people, too. Now, this thing is not something new. This is a very old revelation, okay? This this revelation is older than, than, than Christianity, folks. <laughs> walking, believing it, being a Hebrew, walking as a Hebrew, uh, keeping the feast days and all the things we'll be talking about tonight, this stuff is older than Christianity altogether. So this is nothing really new. It's just that we have newly walked it away from all this. We have been uh, ignorant of who we are, and that's what makes it so new. So tonight, uh, the sisters are in the house. I think I see uh, at least one of them. Let me go to the phone lines. I think this is Sister Eliana. And so, folks, let's do this. Let's go ahead and just bring her on, and she can kind of help me bring on her sister as well. A little music in the background. Y'all know how I like it. So, here's Kyle Walker. I love that every praise. So, folks, listen, again, uh, I thank y'all for tuning in. I can't say it enough for another episode of Blog Talk Radio. We're going to hit this hard. It's heavy. Just, just pray for us tonight. I'm going through some personal issues, uh, just a lot of issues on my part, but I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to, um, I'm about to cancel the show tonight, folks. It's just how, not, uh, how bad I was doing earlier. Don't go into it. I won't go into it. I won't go until we press forward. We have us a show and we're going to work it tonight. Allow the father to use us, but maybe I'll talk about that a little later on. Maybe. All right. So let's go ahead. Like I said, I always like to take a plane. Or something very fast, because this sister is all the way up in California, all the way up in Merced, California. So we got to go up and get her. So let's go ahead and travel up to area code 209 and the number 683 and grab our guest. Sister Eliana, is that you? Yes, and shalom, shalom, shalom to everybody in the house and shalom to you Seth and to your beautiful wife Arlene and your wonderful children shalom and thank you for again allowing me to co-host with you on this uh, special series well yes 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 I appreciate it and you're welcome and I'm sure my wife will say the same to you uh, well uh, thank you again like I already said and uh, we're going to go ahead and get into this we're not going to uh, belabor the point too long here. Uh, I just want to ask you, Kaviva, she she is coming tonight, right? I mean, for as we know, well, right? Kaviva, well, Kaviva is going to endeavor to make it. She also had some things come up in her uh, her area of where she lives in Vallejo. So uh, she's going to do her very best. But she did say if she does get on, she probably won't be able to do the whole show, but she will try to make it in uh, this evening. Okay. Well, just whatever she can do is fine. I'm sure we'll be able to hold it down to the end, or at least you will, because, uh, like I said, I'm going to let you sisters run with this as far as you can tonight uh, for, uh, for reasons I won't go into. But anyway, listen, uh, sister, I just 
listen to the show again last week, and I'm encouraging those of you that did not check out the show last week. Uh, we call it the same title, How Should We Live as the Real Israelites Today? But we really didn't cover that. We talked about the difference between Christianity and Hebrewism or Christianity and Hebrew Israelites. This really isn't a religion, everyone. This is people simply walking in their identity. This is this is no more religion than it is to be a Mexican or um, African. This is just people that's just walking in their identity and Israel's identity or their culture just so happens, Sister Eliana, as you know, probably as good as I know or better than I know, if there's such thing as good as <laughs> you know as well as I know that Israel's culture was Yah of Israel, the, the, the Elohim of the heavens, you know that, and so it's no more religious a religion as it is for some for a father and a son to go outside and and play catch. It's no more religious than that. This is just about this is about a father having a relationship with the people he he chose, and we just happen to come across this great revelation that the father is doing a work with one of those lost tribes in resurrecting us as a people, and not just us, but Israelites all over the world, and all we're trying to do is come on here every week, Sister Eliana, and just share this with people, so again, I thank you for joining me to do just that, and uh, thank you for updating me as, as, uh, about Sister uh, Kaviva, before we get into it, though, I just want to do one more, a couple more things here, if you don't mind, I want to, again, thank those that's been listening to Five Smooth Stones since 2011. I say it every show, and I'm going to continue to say it. I really appreciate it. Sometimes these shows is therapy to us, ourselves, us bloggers, because we be needing to be encouraged and et cetera, and, and, and just seeing uh, uh, you, you on the phone lines like you are tonight in the chat room. It's very encouraging. So just know that, and again, if you are going to be in the chat room tonight and y'all hear me, if you can hear me, um, please place question marks before and after your questions where it will stand out, and we'll try to get to those questions uh, sooner or later here. Just be patient with us, okay? But Sister Eliana, like I said, before we begin, I just wanted to just tell everybody a little bit about last week. What do you have to say about last week's shows, and what do you have to say to those that missed last week's shows? I mean, really, what 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 would you share? What would you tell the listeners that missed last week's shows before we talk about um, tonight's show, please? Well, I would just say to the listeners is that it's really important for you to get in a posture and position yourself to understand what is happening on the the larger world scene, and not just in the United States of America, but what's happening internationally with who we are as a people, because we are at a pivotal point in our own history and in the history of the world. And if you don't know what's going on, it's going to put you at a slight disadvantage when you start hearing, you know, news that nations want us to leave, because that. You know, we believe that we're Americans. We believe that we are entitled to all the benefits that America has to offer. We believe that 
because we work for large corporations and we have a 401k or a pension plan and that we live in a certain neighborhood and put our kids in a certain school and we're a part of certain clubs and affiliations that we're, you know, we have acculturated to this American lifestyle and that we are just 100% Americans. We pay our taxes. We, we vote. So we're Americans, right? No, we're not. And if you don't understand that, I mean, you know you feel it because you go to the store and you get discriminated against and you say, you know, this is America and it's, it's 2018 and they're still doing that. Yes, they are because we are not Americans. We're Hebrews. We're Israelites. We're coming to the end of our fourth stay in these lands. So yeah. if you haven't started to learn and to really understand this, and really at this point nobody really needs to convince you of who you are. What's happening is that you're already beginning to understand who you are because the Most High is breathing upon your families and your communities and your churches and you're, you know, people are starting to say, hey, I know who we are now. We're, here, we're Hebrews. But if you still need that proof, of course, it's in scripture, it's in history. You can listen to these um, archive shows to get that understanding fully. But the reality is that we're coming out of here. See, we, we're, we're getting ready to make an exodus in probably less than five years. I want to I give it that broad breath of base because... After 2019, everything is getting ready to change. And I'm, I'm sure that within a five-year period, we're no longer going to be in these shores. So that's why you need to understand what's going on. This is not something wow. that somebody made up. This is not a one-man you know, show like uh, a civil rights movement. It's not a movement. It's actually a move of the most high. And he said he would do it. And he's, and, and he's a man of his word. He said he changes not. He's the same yesterday today and forever and he said he was going to after 400 years gather the descendants of Abraham out of all the countries where we were scattered and I'm trying to tell you that at the end of 2019 that 400 years will be up and so the father is definitely about to do movement with his people so you need to get the understanding get the information prepare yourself don't be shocked by anything you hear in the next 15 months on the news concerning us as a people. Do not be shocked by anything you hear because everything you hear is something that the Most High has allowed to happen to position us to leave these shores. So don't be alarmed. Don't be shocked by what you're going to hear over the next 15 months. Be prepared. That's pretty bold statement you're making there, sister. Well, listen, and I, and I like that, and, and I want you to elaborate on that a little further. What we're going to do, uh, Sister Yola, you stay in that vein. Uh, I like that because people need to know, and I like how that's on you really strong. You've been like, you did that a couple of weeks ago. You were talking about the same thing. I want you, I want to revisit that. But listen, I think our guest is in the house, uh, Sister Kaviva is in the house. Let's go ahead and go uh, down down the way there in California. Take a bus or something from where you're at. Area code seven zero seven nine eight zero. Is that Sister Kavita? Hold on. I thought that was her. It just disappeared. 
or maybe she'll call back. I don't know if we, if she wasn't wasn't ready or or something. But I saw I saw a number. Maybe that wasn't her. But somebody had their hand up. Um, let's do this. Someone has a hand up, and uh, this is another area code. Probably it's California, for as I know. What is going on here? Area code five one zero five seven five. Uh, go ahead and let us know who you are in the city you're calling from, please. Five one zero five seven five. Who am I speaking with? This is Sister Viva. Okay. I'm calling from Vallejo. Yes, I'm here. I am sorry. I have a, a, a lot of things going on. I won't be able to stay on long, but I'm going to stay on as long as I can. Yeah, your sister already gave us a heads up, and we appreciate that. And uh, just stay on as long as you can, sister. We'll just, just let you do most of the talking since you won't be uh, able to stay as long. But what we're talking about is last week's show and trying to encourage others to listen to it. Uh, uh, we talked a lot about folks again last week because we get people coming in all the time, and I got to repeat myself. Again, if you're listening to the show right now, last week's show was also called How Should We Live as the Real Israelites. That was part one. Tonight is part two. But we really didn't cover that topic. We talked about the difference between Christianity and being a Hebrew Israelite. And so uh, I'd like for you to kind of, if you would, spend about two or three minutes, Sister Kaviva, and just encourage uh, those that missed last week's show. Tell them why they should tune in to that in the archive. Remember these shows are pre-recorded. All you have to do is just Google blog, talk, radio, five smooth stones. One more time, you re- you simply go to Google.com and Google blog, talk, radio, five smooth stones. you see all of the shows once you click on uh, five smooth stones and just go down to where it says, how do we live as the, as the real Israelites, part one. That show is really talking about the difference between Christianity and Hebrewism. What should they, uh, why should they tune into that show, Sister Kaviva? Well, I think, you know, the, the beautiful thing is that what we must realize is that, um, as the scripture told us, when we see all of these things happening in the world, as far as the things, um, earthquakes in diverse places or the, the famine in the land and all of these things and all of these changes, one of the things that Yeshua was very clear about, he said, look up and know that your redemption draws nigh. And so in listening to the the the, the uh, blog, uh, blog talk from last week, it uh, it will allow you to understand uh, one how shall we live? What should we be uh, uh, focusing our minds on? How should we live for the Most High to get ready because He is coming? Like Sister uh, Eliana was saying just a few minutes ago, that He is definitely coming, and we are transitioning out. This is something we need to be rejoicing about because our Redeemer, our Yeshuaity, he's coming and he's coming to get us. He's coming to deliver us. He's coming to set us free once and for all as the scripture declares that whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And this time we're going to walk in that liberty. So that blog talk is opening up your understanding even more it's getting to the core of things. We are the whole house of Israel, and God is coming to get his people. And we, uh, we should be excited because we know that our Redeemer lives and our Redeemer is coming, and he's coming for us. 
So that's one reason why. And all the blog talks that are dealing with who we are as Hebrews and understanding that, we need to know and come into the awareness because this is a time that God himself is doing a sovereign work. He's causing us to wake up, realize that we are a different people. We are a par- people of set apart. We are a chosen people. We are the people of, that are called by his name. And we are needing to humble ourselves and seek his face. This is a time because we need the direction of the Most High. And this is why it's imperative that we listen in and and hear what is being said. Absolutely. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And, folks, remember, the way you listened to to the show last week, again, you just simply Google Blog Talk Radio, Five Smooth Stones, and really – Oh, there's over 300 shows there, but we just let you know what happened last week. So I encourage each and every one of you to check it out. Again, over 350 shows. We're talking about all kinds of things. And um, I just got to do one one more thing here. I forgot to, to welcome my family, Bloodline family from 15, 13 states, uh, checking this out. They're probably not listening to all states tonight, but maybe a few here and there. And uh, by the time this airs in maybe a month, maybe all 13 states, hopefully, would have listened. But anyway, folks, I'm so glad y'all tune in to us tonight. And uh, your brother is your brother Seth tonight, and, and your sister Eliana, as well as her blood sister, Sister Kaviva. We're just servants tonight. We are not know-it-alls. We don't speak for the whole Hebrew world. We're not, uh, I, at least I can speak for myself, I'm not this uh, great model of a, of, a, of a Christian. I'm just a, a brother that, that, that loved the Father. I slip and fall, bump my head all the time. I'm always doing things that please the Father, and then I'm doing things from time to time that displeases the Father. We're just regular, everyday people. But I'll tell you one thing. We're like books. Every you got three books on this line. Three books. And in these pages, there's chapters of our life where there's been victories, and I guarantee there's chapters of each and one of our lives where we've had defeats. And so tonight, we're taking the opportunity to look part of our life, this little couple hours to just share some things we know for sure. And so I, again, we're talking about things we know for sure. The Father revealed to me a long time ago after five questions I asked, and that's where we get these five smooth stones from, I asked the Father five questions, Sister Kaviva, and the five questions were these, and I'll make this really quick because some people probably want to know what is five smooth stones, and every once in a while I like to go over it. But I didn't know anything about us being Israelites. I was just a son asking a father a question. Those five questions led to five answers, and those five answers are five topics. Those five answers led to five topics. You got questions, answers, and topics. Five topics are called five smooth stones. The questions was this, Sister Kaviva and Sister Eliana. I was hearing back in 1987 that the Father is going to use the black man like never before, and the first is going to be last, and the last is going to be first. One more time. I had been hearing that the Father is getting ready to use the black man like never before, and the first is going to be last, and the last is going to be first. Well, that didn't sound right to me. Sound a little racist. 
even though I was glad because I was a so-called black man, it just didn't sound right. It just don't sound like the father would use somebody based upon color. So I asked him five questions, and one of those questions was, what's with me hearing all of this about you getting ready to use the black man? Father, how is that? That sounds racist. I don't want these people playing with my head. How is this going to be? That was one question. What's with you using the black man as they're saying? What is that all about? And then another question, Sister Eliana, I asked them, what is really going on? I hear so much, so much happening around us. There's, there's wars planned as much as 30 years. I've heard of some called the New World Order. Uh, I hear that there's, uh, I mean, just the new, I mean, just secret societies. I kept hearing all these weird things, and I kept saying, Father, I want to know what's going on. I don't think I can trust ABC, CBS, NBC because of the racism I was experiencing in my life, sisters. So I asked him, what is really going on? That was another question. That's question number two. Then I asked him, can I understand the book of Revelation? I'm tired of whites going, having to trust white males to tell me the history about Revelations or, 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 or teaching to me the book of Revelation. It's just like any other book. If you're Holy Spirit illuminated, we can understand it. How can I understand the book of Revelation again? Just a father and a son talking. And I'm not better than anybody or nothing like this. I'm just telling y'all how these five topics came about, and then we're gonna we're gonna highlight tonight's show through this. Watch this. Then I ask, after I ask, can I understand the Book of Revelation? Again, I don't trust these white males. A lot of these people are racist. Pat Robinson, they're good people. Uh, I think they mean well, but they have racist tendencies, and they don't, they're not going to tell so-called black people good things about them, especially if it's going to make so-called white people look, you know, bad. So I didn't trust them anymore. Then I asked the father, which I listened to this, those of you that think I'm a racist, I asked the father, were there any people in the Bible that looked like me? I keep hearing about there was a black Jesus. What is that? I mean, is that true? Was Jesus really black? And if he wasn't black, was there anybody in the Bible that looked like me? Just a son asking a father question. That's all I was doing. And then the last question was, can I see the world? Father, can I see the world? I literally asked it just like that. Can I see the world? I didn't ask to be here, and, and I, I just don't trust our education system, I don't trust these white supremacists. They're not going to teach us. They're not going to tell us, you know. So I asked them, can I see the world? Well, Sister Eliana and Sister Kaviva, this is the five topics that came out of those five questions we call five smooth stones. Brother Seth is always talking about one of these stones for the last 25, 30 years. This is five smooth stones. The revelation of the true Jews. When I asked the father, was there any blacks in the Bible? Well, he showed me it wasn't just blacks in the Bible, but the entire Bible is full of dark-skinned people. And it was some, it came at me from, from a source. I can't go into it for time's sake. But he showed me the whole Bible is pretty people of color. And where white skin does appear, it's associated with the plague. There's no hatred on anybody. It's just that white come from black. And so we'll talk about that later. But anyway, the other revelation was actually we'll talk about it now, and that is the revelation of leprosy. What 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 white skin is? The fact that we are all one human species, and whites come from us. 
That's what we call the Bible leprosy. I go into that. It's nothing like what we think when we think of the word leprosy. Okay, and the next topic I talk about, the next topic I talk about, folks, is white supremacy. Anybody know me? No, I'll talk about these five topics more than anything, especially white supremacy. Then there's something called the one world government. Remember I asked the father what's going on? He began to reveal to me all kinds of stuff. And over the last, I guess, 2011, we've done over 20, 30 shows talking about uh, things like um, just you name it. I mean, all types of stuff going on in our world that you're just not going to hear on no network, nowhere. We cover it on five smooth stone fusion centers. Uh, Sister Eliana, Sister Kaviv, you ever heard of fusion centers? Yeah, I've heard of fusion centers. Yes, I have. I haven't done any research into them, but I have heard of it. What about you, Sister Gavivi? You ever heard of the word fusion center? Yes, I have, but like uh, uh, Eliana, I haven't really gotten into it as of yet. Yeah, they're in every major city, and they are watching us. This is, came out of the Homeland Security. It's not a myth. It's not a conspiracy theory. They're like command posts, and they are watching all of the rebels in every single city. And what happened is there was uh, some information that leaked to the Internet, and they they was busted, and we was able to see. And they're watching the Hebrew Israelites, skinheads, uh, uh, NOI, Nation of Islam, uh, they have a group, a list of groups. If anybody want to know more about that, just simply type in the word Fusion Center. F is in Foxtrot, U-S-I-O-N, Fusion Center, and Five Smooth Stones at Google, and you'll be able to hear that show in its entirety. And we go into facts about these fusions, and the government acknowledges it. It's not some, I mean, it's just you got to dig for it. But anyway, these are the Five Smooth Stones, and so tonight, as you know, one of those songs... Uh, one of those songs, and I did mention the last last topic, which is the kingdom of of Yah, the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of Yah. The solution to all of those issues I just named. The last topic that we talk about, and I talk about this the most. This is the most I talk about is the kingdom of God and solutions. This new coming kingdom that's going to rule over and crush all the other kingdoms and the principles of the Bible and the gifts of the Spirit and, and, and the philosophy of loving your neighbor. Just the whole Bible is what that last stone is about called the kingdom of God. I talk about it the most. So tonight, again, we have Sister Kaviva uh, and her sister Eliana from the wonderful state of California again sharing with us tonight how do we know we are the real Israelites so Sister uh, Eliana I'm coming to you briefly and then we're going to go back to Sister Kaviva since she's got to run and I want to pose a question to you just getting right into this okay what is the biggest need you think those that have tuned in might uh, have what is the biggest concern when somebody think of how should we live as the real Israelites today? What first come to your mind when when you hear that question? What do you think uh, uh, someone that most of our listeners will be tuning in to know with regards to how should they live as the real Israelites today? Anything, please? Yeah, I think one of the, the first things that we need to establish, and I and I know that it is happening because I've heard some of your previous guests talk about the congregations they have, say, in Texas and in other parts of the country. Um, but having uh, places where we can actually gather together 
and um, I believe the Most High is raising up leaders to to uh, be able to gather because we have to remember some of our uh, some some of the Hebrews are coming up out of Christianity, some are coming from other religions, some are coming from no religion at all, but there's this united call to uh, return to the Most High, and <clears throat> so having a point of reference of you know a base in their city or, you know, where they can uh, travel to a point or a location, I think is one of the um, first uh, things that need to be really established as people come into an awareness, you know, because hearing online is wonderful, getting the information, but then having a local person or a local point of contact is also important. And also fellowshipping with other Hebrews and hearing their stories and testimonies is really crucial to um, people standing strong right now. Well, let me ask you that. Let me um, let me elaborate on that. Let me um, um, kind of question that a little bit. Now, when you say come up out of Christianity, you have to remember most of the listeners. If you say what is your religion, or what is what are you, to most of the listeners on the phone line, and there will be listening in the future, they're going to say Christian. So there's two things I want us to establish. Sister Aviva, we're going to come to you quickly because I know you got to go. And then, Sister Eliana, you can just run with the second half. But I'll let Eliana hit this now, and then we'll come to you, Sister Kaviva. And then I want to talk about the name of Jesus because people are, are listening to songs like this. There is no other name. These are songs and sermons and belief systems. That's, and, and the scripture says this. I mean, for real, for real. I mean, that's the most important thing here is the scripture talks about there is no other name whereby we must be saved in the name of Jesus. I want y'all to talk about that since Kaviva before you run. And songs that, uh, um, just the name, because people are saying, I got healing of that name. I got saved under that name. And y'all saying there ain't no J. Automatically turn us off. That to me is one of the biggest stumbling blocks to becoming or acknowledging that we're Israel. People believe it because it makes all the sense in the world. But when you say things like, there was no J, and the Bible clearly says, there's no other name whereby we must be saved. And in the name of Jesus, and in the name, you know, preaching his name. So I want us to hit that, and I know we can do a good job on it. So. Let's take the first thing I asked, uh, Sister Eliana. Yes, y'all bear with me. I'm doing three different things here. So please comment on that, Sister Eliana, and uh, we'll go to Sister Kaviva. Okay, so first of all, what I would say on that matter is that that subject has been so widely covered. Uh, for If people are listening for the very, very first time, very, very first time, and this is their very, very, very first time ever understanding their Hebrew, and they have gotten no other teaching or any information from any source before t- tuning into this this show, then they have to go back and do a lot of homework to understand what we mean by there is no J in the Hebrew language. And I think people that are sitting in churches understand that there's something inherently askew about the experience they experience in the house of, and when they go into the house of the Lord, the church today, and what they're reading in Scripture. It, it does not, there, there is a cadence 
And a cadence is a pace and a step. And when you read scripture and when you are looking into the, the Old Testament scriptures or the Torah portion of scripture, there is a pace where, the, where when you're reading it where you feel on pace and on par and there's a certain understanding of what the Most High Yah is saying to his people. And then when you go into the Brit Hadashah or what we commonly call the New Testament, there is another pace that you find that was going on with Yahoshua, the, um, who Christians call Jesus. And there was a, where he wasn't in favor with the religious leaders because they were doing something different than what the Messiah commanded Moshe to tell the people to do. So today people are in the church and they know that something is different. They know that it's, if they go home and just read their scripture, and just go according to scripture, they're going to be out of favor in their churches. Because the churches no, are no, not but, 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 Sister Elon, let me get a little more pointed. Because, again, uh, um, I think people understand about the whole J. They understand that. I think they kind of get it because when they ask their pastor, I'm sure they pass pastor telling that. But what do you do with at the name Al-Nishabal? Now, I want to go. I want. I want Sister Kabiva uh, uh, to answer since she's got to run. But what do you do with no other name given among men whereby we must be saved? Now, again, to me, it's very clear. But I'm trying to interview the sisters tonight. You sisters tonight. But I would say to them very clearly. But I don't want to take words out of y'all mouth. What I would say to anyone that asked that question is this: is how I understood it. Number one is this. His name is impossible could have been Jesus. And whatever his name was, that is the name about whereby men must be saved. But we got to remember a name does not mean what you just call a person. Sister Eliana, that's not your name. That's part of it. Your name, if according to the Strong's Concordance, please, those of you listening, look this up, and then I'm going to go to Sister Kaviva. Sister Eliana, you can weigh in as well after her. But, folks, if you go to the Strong's Concordance and look up the word N-A-M-E, name, look up the word N-A-M-E in the Strong's Concordance and read it for your own eyes. It says very clearly that a name means simply one's authority, and character, authority, and character. If the name all by itself drive out demons, why did the why did would the, the demons say to the sons of Siva, who was using the name, the sons of Siva, their sons. This is the Bible. Those of you that know the scriptures, it says the demons said to the sons of Siva. When they was when the when they when they, when when these fake disciples was trying to cast out these demons out of a man, they said, "Paul, I know, Jesus, I know, but who are you?" They was using the name Jesus. You as y'all listeners, those of you listening, family and friends, y'all know you've used the name of Jesus many times, and it didn't work. When it did work, you was using his character. You was acting as though you were Christ. That's when you, 
And then you you have to have his character. That's what we all have to strive for every day is to have his character. And when we get the character of Christ, and when we, that's a big when, and if we have his character, we are to approach the Father as though we are Christ. That's what it means to go in his name. When we talk to evil spirits, we're supposed to talk to those spirits as though we are the Messiah. We're going in his name. And we are to use the authority that Christ, that the scripture says that Christ have. And we don't have all authority that Christ has because he's been, he's been given all power in heaven and earth. But he has given us authority to do certain things with his name. In my name, go do this. You can use my name, my credit card. You can act as me on just these little few issues here. In my name, Kassab, in my name. So whatever that name is, whatever you call a person, Sister Eliana, Brother Seth, that's a part of it. It's it's operating as though you, Sister Eliana. I mean, going into her home just as though you are her, driving her car, living in her house. You're going in her name and operating in her authority. There's certain authorities that the Eliana have. If I go in her name, I can I, I can live as though I'm her, wherever he gives me that authority to operate in. And that's what it means, not, the, not Eliana. That's just part of it. So those of you that's rattled by the name of saying there was no J, just remember that ain't what the name is anyway. Even if it was Yahawashah. Yahawashah just by itself, you're saying Yahawashah, that's not all that a name is. You have to operate in his authority. And you have to operate in his character. When I found, when, when in my personal life, I, 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 when I just, when I, it's just a, Kaviva, we coming to you. When I suffer defeat in my life, it's because I'm not operating in his name. Either I'm out of character, I'm not acting like Christ, or I'm not I'm not believing in his authority when I speak to my problems. That's when I lose. When I do believe in that name and that authority that the Bible says it has, and I act like I got some sense and, and operate as Christ would, I'm a force to be de- uh, dealt with. Sister Kaviva, can you hit that a little bit? The name, those that's just here saying there was no J. The name wasn't Jesus. But yet they see scriptures that say there is no other name given, by, given among men whereby we must be saved. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. And all these trillions of songs and worship songs about Jesus. And we're telling them there was no J. That's very confusing for a lot of people. Hit that, please. Sister Kaviva? Yes, I'm here. I'm gonna to have to call back in about um, call back in in about uh, thirty minutes, please. Okay. Uh, well, you did tell us. You did give us a heads up. All right. Will you do that? Go right. ahead and call us back. And uh, Sister Eliana, if you could, Sister Eliana, if you could just pick up on that very question, please, because I'm telling y'all. And uh, Sister Kaviva, uh, uh, I went here to meet your line. I understand. Just call us back, please, folks. She did tell us she had to go, so don't be upset with it. She'll be back. Uh, Sister Eliana, so again. Yeah. So the name, just like, you know, I always tell people, a lot of people mispronounce my name. But like you said, I really love how you said that about the authority in, in the name. Um, you know, the Most High 
is not stupid. You know, remember, that's what we have to understand. The Most High is not a man like we are, humans. But we also have a, a, an intelligence we can understand. So I know that when I go to certain cultures of people that have English is not their first language, they're going to butcher my name, and I know that. But when I'm there, I can feel their intensity, their heart, and how they respect me. I don't have to correct them every time I'm in their presence because I understand they have, it's a language thing for them. Now, Americans who know how to speak English should not be mispronouncing my name, especially if they know me. So the, the same thing, we were taught that his name was Jesus. They taught us that. As long as we've been in this, this, this captivity, they have taught us that. But as we are opening up our understanding to know the Hebrew language and to understand the original text and what's going on, that's where we're getting the understanding that there was no J. So obviously his name couldn't have been pronounced Jesus, just like Mary, uh, the, the, the mother. Her name was, there, it wasn't Mary. That is a European name. But more Miriam may have been more of a Hebrew name for her. Yosef, the father, instead of Joseph. So what I'm saying is that, you know, we were taught to, you, you, can teach, you can teach someone to say something incorrect and they believe it's true. And then when they hear the pro- proper pronunciation, at first it sounds odd because it's something that sounds foreign. But once you understand, once you do a little bit of study and you understand the, the roots and the, what it means, the Yah means with the power and the authority that goes behind that, you know his name couldn't have been Jesus, which actually was a derivative of Greek, which meant Isus or the son of Zeus. And so we know that the Messiah that we're talking about is not the son of Zeus, but it is that incarnate uh, Ruach of the Most High himself. And that is why we call him Yahoshua, the salvation of Yah. Because Yah promised to send someone in the, just like Moshe from our brethren who would be able to save his brethren from their sins. So that's what we're saying. So as you're learning who he is and the true power of his name, and it wasn't Jesus, then, you know, there's, you can't take offense with that. And actually the Most High begins to settle that name within your, within your own Ruach, within your within your own spirit, because you understand the power, the majesty, the presence, and the importance and the significance of the true name. But in our faith, again, there was a scripture that says, in times past, the Most High winked at our ignorance. You know, he knew we were being miseducated. He's not stupid. You know, he saw what they were doing, how they were brutalizing us and miseducating us. So, of course, he understood your heart. Like the scripture says, man judges the outward appearance, but the Most High Yah judges the heart. So when we're calling upon the name in, in innocent ignorance, Jesus, Jesus, the Most High said, it's not my name. Just like we say, Lord, and the, and the scripture said, the Most High said, no longer shall you call me Baal. But right now, 
He knows we're not all awake. We're not all there. He said there is a time where he's going to purify us. He's going to give us a pure language, you know, but we're not all there yet. So the most high being infinitely wise is not offended, nor is Yahushua is not offended by us calling him other names because they understand the heart and the intent. Because one thing that our captors did do, they did give us Torah, but they misinterpreted Torah to us. They did give us our history book, but they misinterpreted the book to us. Now the Messiah is raising up Hebrew teachers to reinterpret our history to us correctly and how to call upon the name of the Messiah and our Messiah, Yahushua. That's good. That was good. And, and we don't, uh, folks, we don't want to just spend too much time on the name because there's, there's a whole lot of living you got to do, and, and the, what you call them is very, very little bit of it. Remember, he answers to Waymaker. He answers to Burden Bear. He answers. <laughs> you can you can always worship him if you're not sure of his name. That that I don't think the Father say, oh no, you can't call me Waymaker. You know, many times in the scriptures that is what, exactly what happens. So folks, listen. Again, I just have to just stop again because this is where millions of people are. I know friends of mine, relatives, and they choke on this message of us being Israel over that one thing. They feel like I've been walking with the Father all this time. And and you know how it is in a relationship, uh, Ceciliano, when you're dating somebody and you get their name wrong, they kind of look at you. It, 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 it's an it's a indication you're not close to them. And so people feel insecure about this whole change of the name thing. I mean, they really do. People really get bit out of shape when we say things like there was no J. It took me a year to accept this. Again, their grandmothers and mothers and uncles and everybody, Jesus, and y'all telling us there is no J in the Hebrew. But, folks, the truth is often stranger than fiction. And the sister Eliana just put it perfectly when she said, the Father's looking at the heart. Don't get bent out of shape on what you call him. Just make sure you're calling on him. And that goes for every single one of us. So we're going to switch gears and go ahead and talk about some other things. Um, I'll tell y'all someone really good to talk about the name. Um, there's a very good teacher on the name, the name, the name. And you want to Google, go to Google and type in the word Israel now. Type in Israel now. You want to simply go to Google.com and type in Israel now. When you spell the word now, N-O-W, use two W's. And then put Blog Talk Radio. So you're going to type Israel Now Blog Talk Radio. And just look for the show when you get there uh, to look for the show where Brother Yahshua is talking about the names. Uh, this brother, is he teaches it from a one-on-one perspective. Lots of people are talking about it. You can go on uh, YouTube and get some teaching on it as well. It's kind of, folks, this is not a mystery. This is a, this is not a mystery. This is a, a lot of people. And that's what's, what's, what's encouraging. This is uniform. This is global. There was no J in the Hebrew. His name could not have been Jesus. 
and we're talking about the son of the Most High. Now, when you start talking about the Most High, then his name definitely wasn't God or Lord. We got to just grow out of that. But if you don't know what we're talking about, you keep, well, you stay where you at till you know what we know. And don't feel insecure about it. Y'all may be living circles around us. Maybe living better than us. And again, it's not what you call him. It's his character. It's his character in you. It's his character in me. And when we do use his name, do we use it in our name? A lot of people, Sister Eliana, they use the name of Jesus or even Yahawashah, but they're thinking about their own works when they use his name. So if you if you pray to the Most High and you tell about what you've been doing, what you've been doing, and how you deserve this, and how you deserve that, and you say in the name of Yahweh or in the name of Yeshua or whatever name you're using, you're not using either one of the names. You're praying in your name. Whatever you've done good, you have to count that dong. Hopefully you're doing good. Hopefully we're doing good. We're required to live holy lives. We're required to live right. But we can't go to the Father based on none of our works. None of them. None of them. <laughs> we have to go to the Father on behalf of who Christ is. We literally go to the Father as though we're in Christ, that body of Christ. We we are no less than Christ. The Bible says he that is joined to Christ is one spirit. There's not Christ over here talking to the Father and us. We go to the Father as though we are Christ. That's how I pray. I try to pray. You know, a lot of times, I, for whatever reason, uh, guilt or whatever, I can't pray in his name. But I am required to, family and friends, when I approach the Most High or when I approach evil spirits or when I, I'm supposed to pray in his name, not in my name. My name means what I've done. I'm coming to you, Father, because I don't need this, I did that. Will you give me this? Will you heal my body because I've been doing this and I've been That's coming in my name. But when I come in Christ's name, there ain't no falter in his name. Well, I, you know what, Cecilia? There are people that say 30, 40, 50 years and don't understand what I just said. That's the real use of the name. It's his character and his authority. Don't have to do with keeping no law. Don't have to do with your holiness. You are supposed to keep these laws, and, and I don't believe in no Old Testament laws per se. It's whatever the Spirit is saying. He's going to be saying Old Testament law, New Testament law. Some of the things he's going to tell you ain't even going to be in the Bible. That's what we're supposed to live by. Not just the law, whatever that is, which everybody's already know what it is. Because it, it, a lot of it don't apply to the date. Some of it does. You understand what I'm saying, sister? So while we're at that, go ahead and hit that little bit because we we going to soon let it get on that law. So go ahead and let's talk about that while we kind of hear well, there's some confusion, Sister Eliana. There's over 613 Old Testament laws. Then you got the New Testament. Then you got the Holy Spirit talking to us minute by minute, second by second. What do we keep? Well, I think the Most High made it very plain. You know, if you were a bird, if we were all birds, and we could look at the beginning of creation and hear all of the conversations from an above uh, viewpoint or you know, and look down on the timeline, we would hear something that is true throughout the time. The Most High doesn't change. You see, the laws that he enacted and he gave to Moshe are laws that pretty much are being kept in heaven. 
he wanted the Hebrew people to keep these standards and laws as a way of daily practice in life. But here's the here's what I'd like to say. You know, we go to jobs and we they give us ridiculous rules, standards, timelines. I mean, you can't be five minutes late, you'll get docked, you know, three times docked, you'll get written up, three times written up, you'll get fired. And we break our next speed, do everything to abide by man-made rules, and we'll work those jobs if we can, if they don't fire us, for 30 years, looking for that little golden pension at the end of the time. Yet the most high's laws are not rigorous. His commandments are not grievous, but we, we, we wrestle with them. Because, again, we have been deceived and we have been mistaught. The laws of the Most High are for our benefit. And then Yeshua didn't come to take anything away. Having the Ruach inside of you does not take anything away. It only reinforces the true heart of the Most High and what he requires of us. He still requires the same thing as he laid down in the commandments. The first commandment, I am the Lord thy God. And then it goes on from there. Thou shalt have no other God before me. Thou shalt not take the the name of the Lord in vain. Isn't it true today we still have the same requirements? The Most High hasn't changed anything. Man has changed many things. Man has brought in confusion. Doctrines and churches and systems have brought in confusion. But even today we still abide by the biblical Uh, Commandments, the biblical mandate In walking with the Most High Even our government Based many of their their Civil laws On biblical principles We shouldn't be confused Just understanding that we're Hebrews means that we have A greater responsibility It's nothing new It's nothing new, you've already been taught by your Grandparents, you've already been taught by Their parents, their great grandparents If you are blessed to have grown up with your parents intact, your grandparents, and your great-grandparents, you are very highly blessed because the scripture says the knowledge of the Most High shall pass from one generation to the next. So what this Babylonian system has done is try to divorce us from those ancient heads of wisdom. They might have not known that they were Hebrews like the Most High is waking us up to this today, but they knew that there was something that they had inside of them that the captors and the oppressors did not have, and they were keeping those commandments as best they could, and they were spanking us with those little little twigs that they got off the tree, you know, grandparents, great-grandparents, uh-huh. getting them little twigs, and they would thank you and t- tell you the scripture because it was important to pass on that knowledge of the Most High. They may not have had the full understanding or the revelation as we're coming, but they were they knew the Most High was still leading them. That's why you can't throw anything out. Yeshua said it like this when he walked the earth. New well, let me do this. Let, let me kind of, if I may, uh, go ahead and finish that point, but I'll interject after you. Uh, I'll ask a question okay, so after you said it like this, concerning the law. What did Yeshua say? He said, new wineskins for new wine, meaning that new fresh move of the Ruach, but old wineskins for the old wine, so that you don't lose any. Both are preserved. 
So there's no, you know, we're not getting away, we're not throwing something away to get something new. We're keeping both. You need both in order to be uh, correct with the Most High. So the laws and the commandments are still in place. They're operated differently. And then when the Most High said, after he gathers us out of all this Babylonian, all of these places of our captivity, what did he say? I'm going to make a new covenant with the whole house of Israel. I'm going to write the same commandments that he gave to Moshe on the mountain where the people sinned and start worshiping the golden calf. He said, I'm not going to write them in tablets of stone. Same laws. Yeshua has come. He has died. He has been resurrected. Same laws. The Ruach has been given. He said, I'm going to write them on your heart. Same laws, same commandments, same requirements. There's no need to be confused. Everything we need is in the book. Everything we need. All we have to do is position ourselves correctly. Okay. Uh, That was beautiful. Now, I'm going to do something to you that I did last week. There's a pastor, when I used to talk to her, she used to always say to me, Seth, how does that look? Because I went to Demona and I came back, and Demona has a respect for the law that I have never seen among any Israelites, they believe in keeping halls. I mean, they, they don't sacrifice anything like that, uh, lambs and bulls and goats. But, I mean, but they own that law like you would not believe it. And I came from Demona with a healthy respect for the law. And them brothers, they are doing something no other people is doing. I mean, the way they're living long, I mean, it used to be the Chinese I respect uh, the you know, the diet and how the longevity and how um, how they, you know, the Chinese have had a history of just being really in-fit people from the cold of karate thing and all of the meditation. Well, I went to the moment of black folks, I mean, the so-called black folks, put something on my mind. I mean, I saw people 80 years old and up and down mountains and in and, 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 uh, um, um, marathons. I mean... They are super healthy at the moment. You have to see it. Folks, y'all have got to go to South Israel and see your brothers and sisters. And, again, they are really on the law like, you know, you will not believe. So I came to the States with a healthy respect for it. And I remember talking to this pastor, and she was saying, Seth, it's just a schoolmaster. It is just a schoolmaster. There is a higher method now, a higher way. There are ways we keep all of the commandments by loving the Father, loving our neighbor, and loving ourselves. When you walk in the healthiest of healthy love for the Father, for yourself, and for your neighbor, all commandments hang on that. So we was going back and forth, back and forth, and she's the one that kind of straightened me out on this. And I want to know what you have to say. Again, a lot of people are here, and they're asking the question, Sister Eliana, tonight. How should we live as the real Israelites today? And the law is the one of the biggest issues. So we are right on point. We're going to hit this for a little bit, and then later on we'll go to a break. But we, this is going to be it until we go to the break. And again, folks, you listen to Five Smooth Songs. Um, your host, Brother Seth, my co-host tonight, and guest is the one and only Sister Eliana Batya all the way out of Mercy, California. Her sister, uh, Kaviva, is going to be calling back a little later on. We've got folks on the phone line, hands, um, excuse me here. 
I thought I saw a hand up. But anyway, folks on the phone lines, in the chat room, if y'all have any questions, press 1. Now would be a wonderful time to ask any questions. But Sister Eliana, how does that look? He's saying he's going to write the law on our hearts. How does that look? Let's be more specific. Israelites is caught up on how you dress. How you dress. My wife has a big issue with women going to church, dressing all, uh, you know, unbecoming of saints, you know, any old type of way, because we have worshipped both with uh, with all types of people, and we notice in a lot of the white churches, you know, they just don't dress like we dress in black churches. They don't cover up as much, and so... Uh, you know, there's talk about fringes. I mean, do you believe in the Israelite wearing fringes as the Father required them to do? Again, how does that look in practical terms? Let's talk about the dress code, if there's one. Hold on, hold on, Cecile. I don't know what happened to how your line got muted. You must have hung up and called back. Okay, your line dropped, but you're back. I see you back. So, again, the question, Sister Eliana, is the dress code. Uh, um, people want to know. I mean, in their churches, it's a big deal what you wear. What, what do you hear with regards to the spirit and how Israelites should dress today? Well, here's what I think. The Most High did have a – wait, let's not say did. The Most High has a dress code. He has a standard. There is a standard of what we call holiness. And we have to remember that came down to the Hebrew people. We're talking about a Yah that is holy, that he is a a king above all the earth. You would not go to the, the Queen of England or any royal dressed in cut off and a tank top. They will turn you around and say you are not fit to be in the presence of a human, um, a human royal. You can't go any way. And the problem is that because Israel discontinued through our um, ancestral disobedience, now that we're coming back, but see something about our great-grandparents, that we had an idea that when you're coming to what we consider to be the house of the Most High, yeah, they dressed. They knew how to dress, and they still dressed. Because there's something in the DNA of the Hebrew that says you can't, this is not everyday business. You just don't get up out of bed, don't wipe, don't wash your face, comb your hair, and just go into the house of the Most High and just sit with your legs wide open, your feet crossed, and start, you know, picking your toenails. You're in the presence of a king here. And yes, it's a spiritual, he's spirit. But there is an order. Now, the nations don't know that order, and that's why when you go worship with them, they dress like that, and you don't even feel comfortable. I've, I've done it. I've, I've walked into some of the nation's, you know, houses of worship, and it's like they're going to a football game or they're going to go, you know, have a picnic, and a lot of them do that. They have a one-hour service, and then they go do a whole lot of other stuff on their holy day. But our yacht requires something of us because we're talking about a relationship. It's like when you take your wife out to eat, you, it's a, you say, I want to spend time with you. You're going to be dirty. You're going to go looking uh, like you just got through doing the yard, and she's getting herself fixed up. This is a special time to be in the pre- me and my husband. And then you come in looking any kind of way. She's going to say, where are you going? Or better yet, where are we going? Where are you taking me? To a ball game? To the park? Or did you tell me you're taking me out? 
So there is a standard. The most high, when we come before his presence, because we have to remember one thing. One of the holy convocations or or set-apart days is the Shabbat day, and that is one of the holy days. And so when we come before his presence, this is where the, the nations get the idea of going to church on Sunday. Because the Most High required a, a, a meeting with us once a week. And that was that time that we would come before him. He also had feast days and convocation appointed set aside times where we gather w- with him. But what we have to understand is that he set a dress code. And then in the Brit Hadashah, it says dress in modest apparel. So those standards are there, but they are for they're for Israel. They're for, for the Hebrew. Now, once we come into our proper understanding, we will understand. We can show the nations. The other thing about fringes, this also comes down from the Most High. The reason why he said wear fringes is so it would remind us to keep the commandments. It's the same thing with circumcision. Circumcision is an outward sign of an inward work, just like baptism in the in the church today, outward sign of an inward work. The Most High established these criteria so because he knows man is frail. We're, we're just dust. We forget easily. That's why he always kept saying, remember, 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 don't forget. Why? Man is the most forgetful. We are most forgetful. We can look at, you know, we could be in the presence of the Most High today, turn around, walk out the door, and totally forget we were in the presence of a holy deity. We tend to forget. And so these things were for our remembrance, even why he says, you know, do this for your remembrance. All of these things are to remind us that we are on the earth, the Most High is in the heavens, he is holy. We are not in that environment where it's all holiness all the time. We're here on the earth where many things are going on, and it is most unholy. This is the most unholy part of the kingdom, of the universe. So we have to remember. We have to remember who we are. We have to remember who our Yah is. We have to remember his statutes, his commandments, his requirements, because we are not not supposed to be like the nations. We're not supposed to... Be like all of the people of the earth. We're supposed to be set apart, set aside. Just as you don't expect your pastor, if you're, you know, in a congregation, you don't expect your pastor to come in in, a, in his bikini underwear trying to teach the sermon. You don't expect his wife to walk in a two-piece bikini with sunglasses on on the day that you consider holy. You expect them to present themselves in a proper attire in order to give you the message that they're giving you out of the scriptures. So in the same way, the Most High has a dress code because we are the kings and priests. So we have to dress ourselves accordingly. Every time you see even the secular uh, kings and priests of the world, you never see Queen Elizabeth with a miniskirt on. You don't see her wearing tight jeans. Every time you see her, she is dressed, hat, shoes, you know, any king or queen or royal, you go anywhere, whenever you see that person in a public place, they are dressed in their royal attire. As Hebrew royalty of the Most High, kings and priests, there is an attire 
that we need to have, especially in public. At home, you can be a little more casual, but when you're out representing the kingdom of the Most High, you should be a, a true representative of his kingdom. Good point. I like that. Now, uh, <laughs> you know people go to church and they say, well, you know, this is all I got to wear. I mean, again, folks, some of y'all know this, and you say, why are we talking about this? But there's some people that actually don't know what to wear, and they don't think it's all that the Sister Eliana is saying. And so what about this, Sister Eliana? What if, you know, like in the Church of God in Christ, everybody's dressed to kill, and if you ain't got... If you repeat in a week, somebody's going to say something to you. They're not, they may not send you. They're going to talk about you, though. If people in the church got in Christ dressed to kill, they don't mean to put nobody in no bondage, but they just dress. Now, you know, some of us can go toe-to-toe with them, but others of us can't. So address those that say, well, you know, I don't have it to wear, and I don't think the Father mind me wearing what I got. I mean, I just got to hit that. Let's spend no more than about a couple minutes on that. But that, that question is asked. I mean, that's what they tell these elders, these elderly sisters that pull these some of these young girls off to the side. They be like, you know, hey, God's on my heart. Address that. <laughs> well, you know, it's so cute because my grandmother was one of the women in the in the Church of God in Christ. <laughs> and she would tell you what to wear and what not to wear. You can't wear that. Uh-uh, baby. Uh-uh. So, you know, I grew up with that. I appreciate it because <laughs> I find myself saying the same to my granddaughters. Uh-uh, you're not going to the house with that on. You're going to have to change. So the thing about it is, um, yes, you know, I would say also if you go into the Church of God in Christ, which a lot of people don't like the Church of God in Christ because that crowd, other than, you know, now they're different from the Baptists because the Baptists dress too. But the Baptists, you you can find more Baptist people maybe doing other things, maybe going to, they go to church and then they go to a club, they're drinking, they're smoking, they're doing a lot of other things. But the Church of God in Christ, usually they're more on the idea and mindset of holiness. And if you spend a lot of time with Church of God in Christ people, you're going to end up going to church about four or five times a week, day and night, in a whole lot of prayer meetings, you're going to be reciting scripture. You know, they are people typically that are very serious about their walk with the Father. It's more than just, I'm going to church. Uh, you're not going to find too many. I'm going to say. Hey, you got these folks don't get upset with us now. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to. <laughs> I'm not going to say you're not going to find any. But in a real holiness church of God in Christ, you're not going to find too many left-handed men singing in the choir. Let's put it like that. But you'll find a lot of them in the Baptist and Presbyterian and other types of churches that don't have the same (laughs) emphasis on holiness like the Church of God in Christ. Church of God in Christ is more like the original Hebrew standard. Um, coming, you know, the Hebrews mindset of what we're we're where we are going because we have to be really honest. Our ancestors were out there bad as well, so we have to be honest. You know, Israel 
being a Hebrew, like you said in the beginning, is not really about a religion. It's about an identity and about um, a placement in the earth and about uh, um, walking with a, a, a Yah that's very holy. But to be honest, the human dynamic in this story with the Most High is the weakest link because humans have a lot of flaws. And the Most High knew that. And, um, again, like I said last week, he chose, like, one of the most stubborn nations on the face of the earth to represent him and his values and his, uh, you know, criterion. So, but we are the weakest link in this whole, you know, this love affair. Let's put it like that. We're the weakest link because we are frail. We are subject to many, many, many faults, uh, forgetfulness. I mean, we, we, our minds and our hearts just not all the time where it should be. And that's the problem with our ancestors. And that's why the Most High said, I'm going to make this new covenant. And I got to put it, I got to write in your heart. I got to literally have to go and recreate who you are so we will walk with him. Just like today, out of all the calamity that we've been in and still are in, you still have Hebrews not believing the Hebrews. Come on. That you've got all the proof. You see the scripture. You are living the conditions and the curses and the problems and the blessing, but you don't believe it. And you know that you're not the same as any other people. And all the nationalities are different. They're different, but they can get in that job and they can advance. They can move in your neighborhood poorer than you. And the next thing you know, they move into a, a five-bedroom home. They got a business. They're doing this. I mean, they're, we're not advancing like that. I mean, some of us may be a very small few, but as Hebrew people, you have to wake up and say, you know, we can say, what's wrong with black people? I mean, I've heard that. What's wrong with black people? How come black people can't? How come black people can't get together? How come we are not like everybody else, and it's not because we're black. It's not because of the color of our skin. Because the, the black people from other countries that are not Hebrews are doing pretty well. They are doing very well. But we are not because we are a special set-aside people. We belong and, to the most high. And if I may add in here, folks probably wondering why is that when you keep saying we're different, we're different. The scripture says it like this. If Israel disobey and don't pass down these precepts, concepts, laws to their children and their children and their children, the scripture says we will not be able to rise. That's what Sister Eliana is saying, Amos 3 and 2 says, of all the nations of the earth, you have I known. That word known is all is intimate. It's like when Adam knew Eve and he begat Seth. Adam knew Eve and he begat a son. That's an intimate word. Of all the nations of the earth, you have I known. Therefore, I will punish you for all of your transgressions. There's many scriptures talking about the Father not allowing Israel to rise when they're in rebellion. But he did say at least two times I know of when he would redeem them. Second Chronicles 7.14, if my people, that's not every nation, it's only one people, if my people, called by my name, there's only one nation called by his name. If my people, which 
shall call by my name will humble themselves. Number one, pray. Number two, seek my face. Number three, turn from their wicked ways. Number four, then he talks about restoring them. Folks, listen. This is how we are going to be restored. But when I begin to look at us as a nation, I don't see Second Chronicles seven fourteen happening. And we're going to get back to how we know, I mean, how to live, because it's a little bit off, but it's still good. But then there's another, uh, Sister Eliana, the scripture also talks about when the heathen begin to boast, the heathen begin to boast that he's doing these things to us. Instead of saying the Father is doing these things to us, that the Father would get jealous at that and redeem a remnant. And I believe that's what's happening. That is what's happening. And then other, others argue about the whole 400-year thing, and that's what's happening in 2019. And they feel like we're, it's, it's uh, about us coming up. Uh, and again, they're coming from when, when the Most High was talking to Abraham and told him that your seed would be in bondage for 400 years. And, and that Israel, as you know, in Deuteronomy 28, verse 46, says everything is to repeat. So they used the 400 years to, de- to determine our... Um, and I love to know Sister Eliana's feedback on that, but I don't want to get too much on t- on this. This is a little off topic, but again, many of you want to know how do we live as Israelites, and I guess you need to know that when we're going to be restored. So 2019 is uh, the 400-year mark, and like I said, many uh, scholars believe uh, that uh, once we cross that 400 mark, as Sister Eliana was saying earlier, that redemption is coming for us because of the, what the Father told Abraham about the 400 years and that we are repeating everything. Uh, you want to elaborate on that, Sister Eliana, please? Yes. So basically, um, you know, just like uh, the like um, Seth was saying, when he says we're repeating everything, so we have to remember that Several thousand years ago when these commandments, when when the Most High took our ancestors out of the first Egyptian bondage, he made some requirements and he told Moshe, you're going to be my people. See, it wasn't a thing where we can get out of it, you know, and say, oh, you know what, I know that's good for my family and all, but, you know, I don't believe like that, and so I'm not going to do it. it. It doesn't work like that, unfortunately. Unfortunately, this is a stuck covenant. I mean, you're in it whether you're going to do it or not. This is who you are. This is who we are as a people because this thing happened like 4,000 years ago before we were born. So when the Most High decided to take, he had already made this covenant with his, his servant, Abraham, before any of us were on the planet, before any of our ancestors So he made this covenant. He cut this special covenant with Abraham. And we were in the loins of Abraham, but down through the generations. So when he made this covenant, and by the time Moshe came hundreds of years later to redeem the people, he told him, I am am delivering you. You're going to be my people. Actually, you already are my people. You're my people. And you, you have a requirement. So this whole thing of, of, of us coming out and being redeemed, well, we know that the, 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 when Abraham received that covenant, he lived his lifespan and he died. And all, everything spoken to him was not fulfilled in that time. Just like later when Daniel went through the Babylonian captivity and as he became an older man, he began to have visions that the Most High gave him 
about our time. But what did the angel say? Daniel, you ain't going to be there. You're gonna, it's going to be well with you. You're going to sleep with your fathers. These are the things that are going to come at the time of the end. We're at that time of the end. But Daniel saw it. All the prophets saw it, but they are asleep now. They have gone on. They lived and they died, just like your great-great-grandfather may have had a vision that they were going to get out of slavery. But they have died now. They have gone asleep. But they passed the hope along. Now, we are the generation coming to the end of the 40 years. You may be a person of 50 years or, and plus listening, or you might be 50 years below and listening. But there is somebody in your life or your family or someone you know that just gave birth to a newborn. That newborn doesn't know shoot from shine ola, as my grandmother would say, in a proper way of trying to curse without using the words. That baby knows nothing about what you know, nothing. They don't know anything about the hardships, the slavery. A three-year-old child today knows nothing of what we're talking about, nor do they understand the significance. Yet it's true for them just as well as it's true for us. So those of us that may be 50 or 60 or 70 or 80 or 90, they may be passing before that three-year-old is old enough to really understand and appreciate this message today. Those of us who are 50 and below are starting to wake up and say, oh, my gosh, it's all true. But the child, your children, your grandchildren, your newborn, all they want to do is, what's for dinner? Can I have some pizza? I want some ice cream. They don't know anything about coming out, being a Hebrew. They don't know. So just like we didn't know, and we're coming into this, the father made some plans and some covenants and some promises that he's keeping. So it's not predicated on whether you believe it or not. Uh, whether how long you've been in Christianity or not, how long you've been in jail or not, how long you've been a drug addict or not. It has nothing to do with any of that. It has nothing to do with a faithful Yah who never gets old, doesn't age, and certainly doesn't die, and has been watching over the whole house of Israel since he created it, and he will be there at the end, but there will be no end for Israel. It is a continual house. But he's watching over the entire line, time to time, generation after generation, looking and seeing and choosing and raising up and teaching and, and steering this movement towards our end, which we are coming towards at the end of the 2019. Just one period, one long period that we have suffered that is documented, that was foretold, Thousands of years ago, we're actually coming to the close of that. That's what all of this is about. So you're tired of America. Wow. You're tired of being the underdog. You're tired of being the second-class citizen. You're tired of getting overlooked and, and passed over for job opportunities. You're smart. They stole your invention. You're poor today and almost evicted because you had an idea. You submitted it. They stole it. They're rich. You can't get restitution because you've gone to the lawyer. The lawyer said, oh, I'll fight for you, but it's a million-dollar retainer. You don't have a million dollars. You have the most high. So you're tired of all that. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of seeing my young 
uh, male, uh, you know, out in our community being shot, and no, no, nobody is going to say it's wrong. They're just like, oh well, why are they? Why are they mad? Why are they mad? We're going to do it again. What can they do about it? Yeah, you're tired of that. So the Most High is also, but we're coming to the end of that time. So if you can hang in there, he that endures to the end, the scripture says, the same shall be saved. Now, the church taught us that that meant salvation of your soul. It does, but it also means we're getting out of here. The Most High has a better plan, and he's taking us somewhere. All of this is going to be history, just like when our ancestors came out of the 70 years of the Babylonian captivity. See, when, when that 70 years began, somebody was 70 years old when they were taken captive. Somebody was close to 100, and they were being taken captive. They probably lived three years and died. That 70-year-old person probably lived 30 years and died. But somebody was 50, somebody was 40, somebody was 14, somebody was a newborn and lived all their life as a captive in Babylon. They were, they were brand new. Some were in the womb and were born two years into the 70 years. Those people that were brand new and born during the captivity knew nothing about Israel before their ancestors, their family members, their relatives were taken captive. So they grew up thinking they were full-blooded Babylonians. They thought that they were purebred Babylonians, just like we think we're full-blown Americans. That's the only system. But they didn't know there was a prophecy that in 70 years their captivity was going to be over. And so they grew up thinking they were Babylonians. So maybe they were three years old, they were born, and then here comes the 70 years, they're 73 years old, and all of a sudden they're coming out of Babylon. This is all they knew all their life. They speak Babylonian. What are you talking about? They went to school with the Babylonians. All their friends are Babylonians. What are you talking about? Where are we going? We're going back to our homeland. What homeland? I was born on 33rd Street in Babylon, Babylonia. That's my address. My, my grandmother was over there. That's my grandma's house. Okay. But you are part of a prophetic people. Your destiny wasn't to live in Babylon forever, infinitum. You're coming out. So the people that went in knew that they were in captivity, but the people that were born into it did not. Same thing that we're dealing with right now. You were born into captivity. You've been in this captivity for all your life, and now you're hearing that you're coming out. What? Where are we going? I was going to retire and get my pension in 15 years. Uh, I don't think so. I think the Most High has a better plan. He has a better plan. You're not going to go back and get your grandfather's land in Georgia and uh, retire there if you're 30 years old. You're not going to do that. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but the time of your captivity is over. You're coming out. You have a house and a land, and you're going to it. And that's what's really going on. So if you're confused, let me just give you a, an alert, an alert. We got 15 months before we hit that August end date of 2019, or let's just say we have all the rest of this year and all the rest of 2019. At the end of that, we're going to be looking at, we're going to be in the hands of the most high. It's going to be a wow. whole nother thing. 
a whole nother thing going on. A whole nother wow. thing. Well, Sister Elian, let's do this. You are on a roll, and that was some vital information, vital information. I hope everyone was listening to her. That was powerful. Well, listen, I want you to stay in that vein. I want you to just just stay where you're at, make a note of where you're at, because I want to come right back to where you're at. But I want to play a little song. This is going to be Jeremiah 29. I'm sure you would probably like me playing this. This is the scriptures. Jeremiah is talking about how should the captives live. Israelites taken to captivity. How should they live? And there was some lying prophets telling them, you know, to, 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 to fight the system and all of this. And just like today, folks, remember, when y'all read all that ancient stuff in the Bible, and it's thousands of years old, you don't think it has nothing to do with today. Deuteronomy 28, verse 46, says that Israel is to repeat, 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 repeat. All of those stories, all of those things are going to repeat, repeat, repeat. So where is Israel at today? Where are the scriptures you read in Jeremiah and Isaiah? Where, who are they repeating on on this planet? The Jews, wherever they're at. Y'all call them the Jews. They're repeating it. So these ancient stories, who is living off these scriptures? Check out what Jeremiah says. Some of y'all are going to be very shocked as to how we're supposed to live in Babylon. Sister Eliana, I would love to hear your take on this, along with you finishing up what you was already saying. This is deep. I mean, this man is talking about you should take wives, you should beget sons, and he even say pray for the, for the nation where you go into captivity. Oh, my goodness. That's not what we want to do. We want to burn this place down, some of us. And then he rebuked those prophets as saying different. Jeremiah 29. Cecile, are you okay with a break? Absolutely. Go for it. All right. Well, folks, we'll take a short little break. This is only about four minutes, this clip. Y'all got to check out Jeremiah 29. This is something I'm not going to read. It's going to be read to you by um, this little reader. So check this out, Jeremiah 29. We'll be right back, folks. Right back. Chapter 29. Now these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem unto the residue of the elders which were carried away captives, and to the priests, and to the prophets, and to all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. After that, Jeconiah the king, and the queen, and the eunuchs, the princes of Judah and Jerusalem, and the carpenters and the smiths were departed from Jerusalem. By the hand of Elisa, the son of Shaphan, and Gemariah, the son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent unto Babylon to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, saying, 
Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon. Build ye houses, and dwell in them, and plant gardens, and eat the fruit of them. Take ye wives, and beget sons and daughters. And take wives for your sons, and give your daughters to husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters, that ye may be increased there, and not diminished. And seek the peace of the city, whither I have caused you to be carried away captives, and pray unto the Lord for it, for in the peace thereof shall ye have peace. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams which ye cause to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely unto you in my name. I have not sent them, saith the Lord. For thus saith the Lord, that after seventy years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, and not of evil, to give you unexpected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me, and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations, and from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. Because ye have said, The Lord hath raised us up prophets in Babylon. Know that thus saith the Lord of the King, that sitteth upon the throne of David, and of all the people that dwelleth in this city, and of your brethren that are not gone forth with you into captivity. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will send upon them the sword, the famine, and the pestilence, and will make them like vile figs that cannot be eaten, they are so evil. And I will persecute them with the sword, with the famine, and with the pestilence, and will deliver them to be removed to all the kingdoms of the earth, to be a curse, and an astonishment, and an hissing, and a reproach among all the nations whither I have driven them. Because they have not hearkened to my words, saith the Lord, which I sent unto them by my servants the prophets, rising up early and sending them, but ye would not hear, saith the Lord. Hear ye therefore the word of the Lord, all ye of the captivity whom I have sent from Jerusalem to Babylon. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, of Ahab, the son of Coliah, and of Zedekiah, the son of Maaseiah, which prophesy a lie unto you in my name. Behold, I will deliver them into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he shall slay them before your eyes. And of them shall be taken up a curse by all the captivity of Judah which are in Babylon, saying, The Lord make thee like Zedekiah, and like Ahab, which the king of Babylon roasted in the fire, because they have committed villainy in Israel, and have committed adultery with their neighbors' wives, and have spoken lying words in my name, which I have not commanded them. Even I know, and am a witness, saith the Lord. Thus shalt thou also speak to Shemaiah the Nehelamite, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, Because thou hast sent letters in thy name unto all the people that are at Jerusalem, and to Zephaniah the son of Maaseiah the priest, and to all the priests, saying, The Lord hath made thee priest in the stead of Jehoiada the priest, that ye should be officers in the house of the Lord, for every man that is mad, and maketh himself a prophet, that thou shouldest put him in prison, and in the stocks. Now therefore, why hast thou not reproved Jeremiah of Anathoth, which maketh himself a prophet to you? For therefore he sent unto us in Babylon, saying, The captivity is long. Build ye houses, and dwell in them, and plant gardens, and eat the fruit of them. And Zephaniah the priest read this letter in the ears of Jeremiah the prophet. Then came the word of the Lord unto Jeremiah, saying, Send to all of them of the captivity, saying, Thus saith the Lord concerning Shemaiah the Nehelamite, because that Shemaiah hath prophesied unto you, and I sent him not. 
and he caused you to trust in a lie. Therefore thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will punish Amaiah the Nehalamite and his seed. He shall not have a man to dwell among this people, neither shall he behold the good that I will do for my people, saith the Lord, because he hath taught rebellion against the Lord. Yes, they are. 
Brother Seth, and that's why we can't be mad. You know, when I was on Blog Talk uh, five years ago when I was blogging, I used to sometimes within my blog kind of rebuke those those Israelites that were on the corner, and they were just firing out anger and anger and anger because the reality is that the people that you're angry at was really the belt that the father used to bring correction to a nation. He used one nation to correct another nation. So if you're going to be angry, you better get angry at the most high. And, you know, the, the, the most high, here's the beautiful thing about the most high. His shoulders are broad. You know, he's, we don't serve a wimpy yah. He's not a wimp. You know, if you mad at him, you can say, I'm mad at you. I don't understand. You know, he loves the interaction. He'll let you say all that, and then he'll just say, let me tell you what it is. And he'll point you in the way of wisdom, in the way of truth, in the way of knowledge, and in the way of instruction. You can be mad. It's okay. Let me have 15 seconds real quick. To prove your point, Sister Eliana, the book of Habakkuk, I call it the black man's book. I don't say it around our white brothers and sisters, but Habakkuk sounds like one of us. He's saying, why do you show me all of this? Why do you show me all of this calamity among our people? Do you delight in this? You're getting a kick out of this? In other words, that's our vernacular. And the father let him go on, and then he says, hey, you among the heathen. And then the scripture says that the Holy One and the Messiah came to his, to, the, to his rescue to talk to him, you know, spiritually speaking. So it's talk, uh, uh, from Timon and Mount Parham. But anyway, it went on to say, I will work a work in you in your day that you won't believe even if it was told to you. He said, listen, those that are ruling over you are not as upstanding as you think. It's not like you think, Abaca. I, uh-huh. I'm gonna do a work with them, and he and then Abaca repents. He says, "Oh, so you have ordained <laughs> them for judgment? <gasps> uh-huh. What? <laughs> <laughs> See, most of the time, that's what it is. See, because we don't have the real mind of the Messiah, we have a human mind, so we think we see things." only from our perspective. Now, every parent that's listening and will listen in this archive, you know you can relate. You tell your child or your children, don't do this. Now, you don't have to sit down and give them a five-page dissertation of why they shouldn't do what you told them not to do. Basically, don't do it, don't do it. Don't touch it, don't touch it. You don't have to explain to them the reason why they shouldn't be doing different things because you are the parent. You know what is for their good. Now, we all have them, right? We got those hard-headed, inquisitive, curious children. That's Habakkuk. Mad, don't really understand. So what they do, they go and do what you said not to do anyway, and they get the wrath, and then they get the understanding after they go through the judgment. They get the understanding. Oh, I know why mom or dad said don't do this. But if you got more than two or three kids, say you got five to seven children, you don't have time to be chastising each one and explaining yourself to your children. They should know your voice by the tone of your voice, by the look on your face, by your demeanor. This is something you don't play with. When I say no, it's no. You don't come back and ask. You're not ready to know. This is a need-to-know basis, and you don't need to know. But when you're older and more mature, 
we could talk about it. But right now, I just need your obedience. And that's, that's all the father was saying in some cases to the children of Israel. This is like we're dealing with the nations, for example. I don't need you to deal with them. I just need you to stay away from these people. Just don't interact because there's things they're doing that I can see from, from, looking high, from being up high and looking low that you can't see face-to-face, eye-to-eye on that level. And I don't want you dealing with these people. They got practices. They have ways. They're doing things that you don't need to be involved in. And that's the reason why some of those cases, other things, the most high is just, you got to think of it from a father's perspective. Fathers that have sons and daughters, you know, at the end of the day, you're not trying to be hard on your kids, but what you really desire is a, a good relationship with your children. You know, I think every father would like to just sit down at some point, you know, once a week. You know, it's a busy week. Let's take, I'm going to just jump back to Shabbat. It's a busy week. Your kids are in school. You're at work all week. You know, at the end of the, at the, end of the weekend is a time where it's, it should be family time unless you have situations that cause, and usually they're financial, that will cause a father or mother to continue to work over time and miss those really wonderful times with their children. So every father, because the mothers usually are interacting with the kids all the time, a lot more in many cases than the fathers, but not always true. But most fathers want to come home. They want to have some time with their kids. They want to be able to pass on their, their, their worldview, their values, the things that are important. No father wants his son bucking up against him and challenging him. No father wants to see his daughter walking out of the house. He's talking to her. She's in the bathroom putting on way too much makeup, dressing inappropriately, and finna go out with some boy the father hasn't even met. And you can already tell by the way she's dressed, he's not the right guy. You don't need her up in your face. Daddy, you never hear, you know. You don't want that. You want your daughter to sit down. You want to be able to tell her what a good guy would be, what the right potential husband is going to be. You want to tell your son what it is to be a man and how to navigate through the world. You want that interpersonal uh, relationship with your children. You might not be able to spend a lot of time with your children like your wife or your, your baby mama. Let's be honest, your baby mama. You know, you might not be in the picture, but you do want to see your children. You want to be with your children. I know a lot of men, they are not with, they, they had a thing. It was a thing when they were young and they had kids. They are not with that mother, but they do love their children. They want to be with their kids. And, you know, the women that, they, that have those children should recognize she cannot give that child everything it needs. I don't care if he was, whatever he was doing. He might have been in jail. He might have been, but if he's gotten older and he's any one time with his kids, need to let him have some time with his kids because you as a single mom cannot give him what he needs. Even if you're remarried, that, that, that guy that's in your life is, cannot impart the, the worldview, the values, the family history, the knowledge of who that child really is except their biological father. You don't need to be in the way of that. God is our biological father in many cases, our spiritual father who begat us and he is saying he wants to spend time with us. That's what the commandments, the rules are about. So if you can think about it from our own human mindset, if you can just think about it from your perspective, 
then you can understand the, the Most High Yah's perspective on his people. If you can understand it as a father, as a mother, then look at our Yah because we're made in his image. Where do we get our passion from, our emotions, our wisdom, our ideas, our intellect? It all comes from him. The scripture says, in him we move, in him we live, and in him we have our being. Move and have our being. So if we come through the whole um, essence and structure of the Most High Yah, and, and, and we as parents want to have quality one-on-one time, we don't want our kids always on the te- texting and on the Internet. You're trying to talk to them and they're on their cell phone. You just want to slap that phone. Are you listening to me? Yeah, I'm listening. And then they're laughing about something they're reading in the phone. No. <laughs> You want 100%. You know I know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> you make it very practical, Because, and that's the way the most Taya is with us, you know. So why can't you give him one day as a Shabbat? Why do you got to be all upset about it? Because he's saying, look, I just want some downtime with you and your family. I want all of you. Y'all just come and just be quiet in my presence. Why do you have to be so busy all the time. Why can't you just give him two hours? I mean, complete undivided attention. Is it really that hard? If your natural father is still living and he requested two hours of your presence, you mean to tell me, I don't care if he lives in Baltimore and you live uh, on the West Coast, you mean to tell me you can't make some time to spend two quality hours that you're never going to be able to make up or get back. You mean to tell me your father is not important enough for you to go and spend some quality time to hear what he has to say? He, he might not even have anything to say. He might just say, boy, I just want to look on your face. You can't do that for him? <laughs> you understand? So the father is saying the same thing. He said, boy, I want to look on your face. I just want to look at you. I just want to see how you've grown. Girl, look at you. You, you. you become a woman. I just want to look upon you. This is my creation that I've created in the earth. Look at you. I want to spend some time with you. You mean to tell, you mean to tell me it's just that hard for us hard-headed Hebrews to just, just give that time to our Father when the nations are trying to steal it from us? They want to be us? They'll give him six hours. They'll give him three days. But we can't give him an hour. And we're wondering why we're still in the calamity and why it's so hard on us. And they're trying to be us, everything. They're trying to sing like us, act like us, dance like us, talk like us, walk like us. They're trying to get an afro. They're trying to do everything to be us. They're putting both eyes in their lips, in their butt, in their breath. They're trying to be the Hebrew. And we can't even see how beautiful we are and how special we are to the Most High. We can't give him even one hour, one day a week. Are you kidding me? Hebrew people, they're killing our kids in the street daily. They are killing our sons and our daughters. They're incarcerating our, our children. They're, they're laying off our older men. They're raping our men. There are more homosexual Hebrews in, on the, than anything on the planet. Uh, most of our, 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 our iconic people who went through the civil rights movement, many of those older women are becoming lesbians, and I'm just being real. And they're being, they're being turned out by the Ashkenazi, the ones that call themselves Jews. 
and we can't see that we got a problem in our community and we can't turn ourselves around and say, wait a minute, none of this is getting better. And the Most High is saying, I'm calling you. I'm trying to make it better. We don't deserve anything. If we're just that stubborn, we do not deserve to be taken out of our bondage. But we deserve to be destroyed within it because the Most High is trying to do everything, everything he can to appeal to us, you to call preaching. us, to turn us, come out of her, my people. Look what she's done. She's turned your sons into your daughters and your daughters into sons. Give me a break. What's wrong with us? We don't think it's a problem. We don't think it's a problem. We got a whole bunch of illegitimate children running around with no daddies in the home, nowhere to be found, and you don't think it's a problem, Israel? Sons and daughters of Jacob, we ought to be ashamed of ourselves because we have passed slavery, we have passed civil rights, we have passed all these things to to become exonerated into folly and foolishness, and we're at the door of our deliverance, and we still can't see it. There's a problem in Israel. There's a problem. There is, sister. And the Most High is trying to wake us up. He's trying to do it because I'm going to tell you, those that do wake up, after 2019, you're going to be looking for them. But they're not going to be here. If you don't get this understanding and get it good, Get all you can and then can all you get. And that's an old term saying that my grandmother said, whatever you get, you better (laughs) save it up for a time for the future because I'm going to tell you something. The Most High is not playing with us. And when he, these nations, when he begins to destroy these nations, all these stubborn, hard-headed, rebellious, stuck in the mud, I don't, thou shall not be removed. I'm not going to be moved. I don't care what you say, Brother Seth. I don't care what Cecilia says. I don't care how many people you bring on your show. You know what? You're going to be stuck, and you're going to go through the judgment with these nations, and you will be destroyed. The Most High has already said it. He's going to save a remnant. Why? He knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows us. But here's the other thing. When you stand before him in judgment, because that part of it is true as well. They taught us that in Christianity. When you stand before him in judgment, you cannot say, I didn't know. Most high, if you would have just showed me, I would have believed it. No. It's not going to be an experience like Thomas had when uh, Messiah Yeshua got up, up out of the grave and he walked through the door and he saw his disciples and Thomas wasn't there. But then they told him, oh, he came. And Thomas said, I'm not going to believe it unless I stick my hand in the hole of his hands and inside. You know, the Messiah came and did that for Thomas, but it's just too many doggone people for him to do that for every one of us. We have to believe. And he said to Thomas in that day and to the disciples, blessed is he that believes and has not seen. So if he did it for that one, but he's telling us, we have proofs. We have the prophets of old. We have the scriptures of now. We have our own captivity. We have our slave stories. We have our ancestors. You can just go through the every city of America from 1800s up to now and see all the mayhem that they have done and are doing. All the black cities that were established after uh, 
emancipation. And what happened to those black cities? They went in and they burnt the people out, killed them, shot them, ran them out at gunpoint, took their land. Today, you go to some of those old southern used-to-be plantations, the property value is so high, you can't get in. They built mansions. Those were the homes 100 years ago of the freed Hebrew slaves. The land was theirs, but they ran them out of town. They ran them off the land, killed them. And you telling me that you're an American and you're not going anywhere and you still want to sing the Star Spangled Banner? I don't get it. I don't understand it. You have to wake up and understand who you are. You are not an American. And the Star Spangled Banner, Tabernacle was was correct. That stanza was talking about the fact that we were looking for freedom and we weren't going to get it. And they were delighting in killing our ancestors for desiring freedom. And you still want to salute the flag and sing the song? Yeah. They said, I think the third verse or something goes into that. But listen, sister, let me say this. Let me interject you because you are on a road tonight, and I really appreciate you having all the energy because I promise you I don't have much. And so, unfortunately, uh, again, family, you listen to Five Smooth Stones. I'm Brother Sessa, Sister Eliana, all the way from Merced, California. Sister Eliana Batya. And Sister Eliana, we, got, we went 100 miles an hour at the beginning, and I want you to let everybody know how to get a hold of you. We're going to continue, everybody. But I want her to stop. We should have did this earlier, but we just kind of took off uh, like a rocket. But let everybody know how to get a hold of you and um, um, just what you're doing, just a little bit about you, just a quick little minute or two bio, because, again, we got new listeners, and a lot of people don't know you, so it's just that simple. we got people listening to archives, we listen for the next year or two or three or ten or twenty, and they won't know who you are, so we got to do that. But before you do that, let me just say this. Folks, those of you on the phone lines, if you have any questions, press one, press one, and we'll let you talk to Sister Eliana or myself, uh, anything that's on your heart. Folks, what this sister is saying, she's saying some very, very strong things. And I know a lot of you are probably concerned about some of the things you're hearing. So, Sister Eliana, what I want to do, I want to put, I want to do again what the pastor told me. She would always say to me, this one pastor would always say to me, Seth, how does that look? I mean, in other words, make it practical. Now, you mentioned in 2000, the end of 2019, and I, I agree that we've been here. I saw the, the, the uh, resolution or the law that they put before on the floor saying that uh, we've been here for 400 years and and y'all should read up on that. I think it's Bill House Bill 1142, 1242, I think 1242. But anyway, 1242. 1242. HR 1242, House Resolution 1242. Listen, folks, I do think that this, this, this Sister Eliana is telling the honest to, 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 she's telling the truth. Now, I want her to it, it articulate because People want to know practically, what do you mean, sister, a remnant's going to be taken? I know what that means to me, but tonight I just want you to go ahead and run with this, okay? What are you, let's just start with you. If it's not personal, I know we're on the line and maybe no telling who listen to this uh, right now in the future, government-wise, because I know they listen to my shows for sure. Um. What does that mean? What do you do right now to prepare for that? What's something practical 
why don't you tell everybody what you do or if you can't and or tell them what they can do. But, but do you do anything to prepare? What are you doing to prepare for the remnant that's going to return to Israel, that small portion of us as a people? It's not going to be most of us because the Father already knew how we thought. He did call all of us out, though. Yes, he did. Yeah. Come, out of my, come out of her, my people. That's your Bible, folks. Come out of It's in the book of Revelations. But go ahead. Uh, what are you doing? Well, what I do is um, I try to, like I do, I do teach. I, I, um, I, I am getting more into active. I'm going to be actually going back on and teaching more on blog talk. I'm going to be reviving my wisdom of Torah. Uh, and don't forget the bio teaching. again. And don't forget the bio too, real quick for everybody. Why are you on that? Okay. And so I'm going to be reviving that, but. Um, my um, so who I am is um, my name is Eliana Badia, and that is my Hebrew name. And Eliana means um, God has answered, and Bat means daughter, and Yah is the name of the Most High Yah. So my name, my complete Hebrew name is Eliana Badia, or God has answered, daughter of Yah. So what I have been doing is been teaching. And since I came into the understanding that I was a Hebrew, um, I've always taught, and I've always been very strong in my in my belief and um, of who I am as a just as a believer. But once I came into the understanding of being a Hebrew, uh, I got inspired to teach this more fully to to other people and to um, have them have an understanding. So I do have a congregation here in Merced. Um, it is mostly an online congregation. We did have a brick-and-mortar building. Um, I think when I started out, I was a little zealous. The, the, the rent got to me. It was very expensive. I, I have a great, great amount of faith, as you probably can tell by the way I talk. But, you know, there's also works. And the works didn't come in to match the level of faith that I needed to pay every month. So we scaled it back and just kept it going online and uh, had a great amount of success with that and uh, less stress and pressure, um, no bills to pay. So, but people are, are pretty much, you know, listening, learning, and growing with us. And some are desirous of having that location again. I think they're ready. So um, that might be something in our future. But we are here in the Central Valley in Merced. The name of our congregation is Beth Shalom Mashiach. It means House of the Messiah's Peace. And that is what we're endeavoring to do is to bring about that understanding who we are. Um, I also blog, uh, have um, the Wisdom of Torah on Blog Talk Radio. I'm sorry, on um, Blog Spot, on Blogger. So I have a blog, a blog that I actually write to and that is on blog spot. And then I was doing the blog, uh, the Wisdom of Torah on blog spot, which I'm actually going to be redoing. Um, our Facebook page is Beth Shalom Mashiach on Facebook. So if you want to get a hold of us, you can go on there, make comments, like our page, join. Um, you can also join in, um, oh, I'm sorry, the blog spot is Fresh Wind of Torah on blog spot. Um, 
then you can also join there as well. We were doing some things on Pal Talk uh, when we're doing our Shabbat teaching. And um, you can also email us at bethshalomjg at gmail.com. So that's the way if you want to get a hold of me or get, you know, you have questions or concerns, you have things you would like addressed, I can do that if it's within my scope. And I'm very realistic, you know, um, if I can't help you, I will point you into the direction of someone much more knowledgeable than myself, much more seasoned than myself to help you get the understanding that you need. But if it's something that I feel that's within my scope and capabilities, I will do my very best to assist you with getting the answers. So that's a little bit about who I am. And um, the other part of the question that you had asked was, uh, what was that other part of your question that you wanted me to speak on? Then, I gave the bio. Like the, the, the preacher would always say to me, how practical is that? What are you doing? To prepare, to prepare for the great okay. uh, uh, exodus uh, of this, uh, I shouldn't say great exodus, but this remnant. Folks, listen, uh, we, we covered this in a couple of shows back, about three shows ago. We had some people on from Israel, and a gentleman on from Israel. I'm telling you, if you don't know this, you're just not listening. There is a lot of African Americans that have already left the United States that live happily in Israel. Now, I don't think it's the great, uh, I keep there, I go with the great again. I don't think it's the remnant returning. I think they went before they were supposed to. But Sister Eliana, I believe she is right with every fiber of my being. I believe that a remnant is going to return to Israel, but I think some things are going to happen to that place before we go. That's why those that go early may be in a shock because I believe Israel is going to be destroyed. Maybe not wiped off the map like an atomic bomb hit it, but there's going to be something very big happen to Israel that's not going to be good. And that is going to cause people to ask, you know, why did the Father allow this to happen? Why did what happened to Israel? What? And again, I don't think it's going to be an atomic bomb, but it could be the the government fall, crush. Uh, should be could be uh, those uh, nations around to get into a war and defeat them. Something along these lines are going to going to cause us to be ushered into that place. And. Uh, you can get that a little bit, but people really want to know because we're serious tonight, and you're serious, and you're saying that at the end, in less than 13 months, 14 months, something like that, you're saying that a remnant, a a a a, a large amount of African Americans are going to move to Israel, or move to a, a region, are going to be leaving this country. That's 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 something that can almost make us sound like a cult. That can make people blow you off. You've made sense up until you said that. Some people might think. So I want you to really make it practical. In other words, let us know what you are doing personally to make sure you're not here. And number two, what practical things uh, should they look for? Uh, I mean, in Israel, I mean, nobody wants to be uh, left behind. I don't think America's going to be blew up, but nothing like that. I just think it's going to. Let me just let me ask the let me because I'm I'm kind of interviewing you. Let me do this because I haven't really. I'm asking you a lot of questions. Let me 
answer some of these, and then you can come behind me. Is that okay? Okay. Okay. So let's just do this. With the whole 2019, this is what I believe. I think Israel, the Internet is saturated with people about this whole black being Israel. These Israeli young people, when we when I went to Israel the nine times I went, I'm telling y'all, they know what we're talking about. These young people, Israelis, is not growing up with no pride in Israel. That's why Tel Aviv is such a wicked place. They got strip bars and all types of stuff in Tel Aviv. You won't even know it's, it's wicked. Tel Aviv is like New York. They have gay parades and everything. Those young people are not adhering to the faith of their forefathers. I'm talking about the the, the, the the fake Jews, those Jews I call Jews by religion because they're not definitely Jews by bloodline. But their children is forsaking that. Well, those people are dying off those staunch. We're the Jews. They're dying. The generation come up after them is not playing that. They're not caring. They, they, they're kind of like our generation, not caring about the ways of, you know, our ways. Our thoughts, they want to be different. Well, the Israelis is having trouble with their young people. Did y'all hear about the big, uh, uh, how they was jailing a lot of the young Israelis because they didn't want to go into uh, the army? Because when you graduate from high school in Israel, you got to go either to the army or you have to go into priesthood, one of the two. You have to do so much time as a priest or in the army. And they was was protesting, was going to the uh, uh, jail. Keep up with what's going on in Israel, folks. I'm telling you. But anyway, I believe that they're going to fall within. I believe the knowledge is growing and it's, and it's being thundered from the Internet. Thank the Father for the Internet. And they are going to be embarrassed by the knowledge itself. And the world is going to say, just look for it. Certain key people are going to call them out and say, you're not the real Jews, just like Nasser did in Egypt. Uh, the old Egyptian leader called Nasser, Gamal Nasser, when he said, y'all left here black and came back white, I don't trust you. It's going to be more of that. It's going to be more of that. And they're going to fall in some type of way. There is going to be calamity in Israel. There's going to be major issues in Israel, and I believe this is going to usher in the real Israelites waking up and returning. Think about it, folks, and then I'm going to turn this over to Eliana. Think about this for a second, everyone. If the world knew right now, tomorrow, the front, all the front papers, most of them said the people in Israel, it's been documented, they are not the people of the Bible. All of these churches... They're, they're deceived right now, some of them. Some of them are full of white supremacy, and they just want some white over there. They know better. But some of them are actually deceived. And when all those are deceived, they say, oh, my goodness, I'm not going to continue to support them. Those lobbyists on Capitol Hill are going to be in trouble. It's, playtime is over with. Y'all not the Jews. Folks, I'm telling you, those people are only staying high today because of the deception of the world, of those in power, the, 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 the so-called Jews on the press. But they don't own all of the Internet. And once this becomes household knowledge, I promise you, when black folks start finding, as some of my wife told me a long time ago, 
she said we was talking about identity, and my wife said something very wise. I want everybody to listen to this. And I'm turning this over to Eliana because she's running with this. But real quick, my wife was saying if she found out that she was a Rockefeller, she was trying to make the point that when you become, when you find out your identity, it causes you to do something different. She said, if I found out I was a Rockefeller tomorrow, I might want to move from Cincinnati, we were living there at the time. She said, I might want to move to New York. Why? Because that's where my blood is. The Rockefellers in New York. She said, I may just want to go there and start doing some things for my family. If I thought I was a Rockefeller tomorrow, I probably would. I probably want to be among my people and know more about them. Well, once we take off this garment called Black and Negro, I'm telling you, many of us, like me, that's why I went nine times. I could fly anywhere in the world. I've been to 24 countries. I could have went more for when it kept going to Israel so much, but that is our land. I'm married to it now. It looks black to me now. I understand why they have all those white positions in Jerusalem and all the cameras there and all that. I was taken all around that land and saw black folks that wasn't a part of the camera trick. So now it's in my DNA. You're going to be the same way. And some of you is going to say, I've had enough. And some of you may want dual citizenship or to be like our people in Demona, tear up your U.S. citizenship and become just one citizen of Israel. So what Sister Eliana is saying is not cuckoo. It's people already doing it. She's just saying it's going to explode and it's going to be a remedy. Not all of us. It's not going to be the bulk of us. Sister Eliana, I mean, and the spirit. In the spirit, I know you don't know, I know you don't know, and I don't either. But what do you think the numbers may be, 10%? I mean, what have you researched in Scripture it to be? Is there any number out there as to how many people you think may take a notion to return to their true, authentic culture in Israel, African Americans? What do you think? Well, we can't, we, we can't even try to set a number because here's what we have to remember. We cannot take the most high out of this equation. It is not about us deciding. It was already decided for us. There's going to be a, a the when, when we say the word remnant, this is going to be a large number, but we won't probably even be able to understand our number because remember, the most high told Abraham, your descendants are going to be as the sand of the sea. If anybody can number the individual grains of sand, they would be able to number your descendants. This is, we are a people that are so numerous across the face of the globe or the flat earth, if you're a flat earther. <laughs> um, we are so numerous we can't be numbered, really, really. When they tell us there's 40 million of us here in the United States, they really don't know. They're making it up. It's a lot of us. That's why they're they're after us. But – the Most High is going to bring us out. Now, we don't know the number. We don't know the number. But we do know it's a sovereign move of the Most High. And it's going to be the greatest move. I know you keep saying you don't believe it's the greatest move. It's one of the moves. But it is going to be the greatest move. And I can put money on that 
it is the greatest move that the Most High is doing in this century after the greatest thing he did was moving our ancestors out of Egypt in the past. This is going to be the greatest worldwide gathering of a people that the history of the world has ever known. It's going to be great. And it's not something we can predict and say how he's going to do it. We don't even know because everything is already in place and has been in place in the last 15, 20 years to even bring us to where we're discussing this on Blog Talk Radio right now. They already know who we are. I can't remember the, the president that called us a messianic people. He already, they knew who we were, but they were behind killing Jimi Hendrix because of his, Jimi Hendrix was murdered because of his talent, because what they fear is that the Hebrew people are going to rise up, and they know the scripture. They know the prophecies. They know. See, they didn't go to sleep, and they didn't just continue from their inheritance and their heritage, but we did. But they did not. They know what's going to happen when we wake up, and we're waking up. We are waking up, and they know we're waking up. They can't stop this. We don't, nobody has to be afraid of them listening. Listen all you want, because you know you can't stop what the move of the Most High is getting ready to do. You already know your days are numbered. You know your days are numbered. And hear me again, you that are listening, not the Hebrew people, you know your days are numbered and we're coming out. You can't touch it, you can't stop it, and you know you can't. This getting ready to happen is the greatest move. The world is going to know it, the nations are going to know it, we're going to know it. Everybody's going to know this. There's nothing they can do to hide it, just like when the tsunamis hit and the great fires and the earthquakes, and it's, it's noised abroad worldwide, this, this thing that the Most High is getting ready to do, after sometime after 2019, everybody's going to know it. And whatever he has to do to make it so, he will do it. We can't say, I don't see how he's going to do it, I don't know, because we have to remember what he did in Egypt, those plagues that came upon them in Egypt came swiftly. Those people didn't know anything about what was going to happen. Well, let me let me interject here, sister. I want I want I want to tell you something. You kind of get me a little tickle here, <laughs> sister Eliana. I hope you know that I believe a remnant is definitely gonna return from this place. And the scripture does say that we will no longer talk about how the Father brought us out of Egypt the first time. But we'll talk about this last move. It's going to be great. I hope you know that. <laughs> I, I probably do sound a little bit doubtful, though, in my, you know, um, because I don't see all of how it's going to happen. That's why I say, you know, you make it practical and show me this. And But, sister, just for the record, everybody listen, because y'all know I've been talking about this a long, long, long time, okay? I just don't know how it's going to do it, and, and, and neither does my sister, to be honest with you. But I, one thing I wanted to say to you, I applaud you for just keep saying it the way you're saying it. You you put more fire on it than I do. I have to say that. I have to give you that. But I do believe it's going to happen. I've seen it with my own eyes. Folks, listen. I was in Tiberias or somewhere, and I would be talking to black folks, and I'd be thinking they're with 
Demona. No, I'm not with Demona. Well, you're an Ethiopian Jew. No, I'm not an Ethiopian Jew. Well, why are you in Israel? They would say, well, I left here in 1974. Father just told me to come, and now I have a family here. And they are African-Americans, supposedly. Hebrews, really. So I'm saying, and then I've read all types of people that have left, and they, they, some of them mingle with the people in Demona, some of them don't. I know a gentleman who pastors, his mother pastors here in Fort Worth. She, I don't know if she does anymore. Sister uh, Roundtree, I think it is. His, they got all kind of people in the Gaza Strip. Or they got all kinds of people around the Gaza Strip. I forget where, what city it's in. But he said they never go to Demona. And it's a lot of them. They, they, their mother was is preaching that we Israelites here in Fort Worth, and I mean serious. They are very, very serious. And one of them is a is an advisor to Ahmad Sotomayor, the millionaire gentleman who's dishing out all types of millions of dollars in Israel. He's building things over there. They're with that group. So there's different different groups in Israel as we speak from Afri- African Americans. So I know they're going to be used some kind of way, but I think Israel is going to be destroyed from the inside or something is going to happen major that's going to cause the world to say these words. Well, where then is the Jews? Well, if that's the case, who are the real Jews? And when it becomes household knowledge, right now it's not household knowledge. Some of us believe we Israel, we believe we Israel, but we still attached to this place. We got we got white supremacy inside of us, and once we hear white folks, unfortunately, some of us are going to take that. When we hear white people say it, of statue presidents and powerful people say these Israelites, y'all Israelites. So now everybody knows y'all are Israelites. And the world begins to see it. Israelis are already saying it. It's videos all on YouTube and all over, all over the network. Jews, so-called Jews, are saying African Americans are the real tribe. They're the real Jews. Well, once that becomes household knowledge, oh, yeah, there's going to be a return, all right. There's going to be a return, sister. So I just I got a little tickle because I know how I'll be not knowing how and sounding doubtful, but make no qualms about it. Well, you a remnant is going to return. But see, you don't want to pass on that doubt to your audience because the scripture says, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. And so the people are already... We are already a browbeaten, trodden down people in this in this land. So when we talk and it sounds like we're doubting, or we, it, it brings discouragement. We have to speak hope. We have to continue to build up the courage and the confidence of the Hebrew people, because we're already facing an uphill battle. And every time you turn around, more three, four, five, ten, and more of us are dead. So we have to be encouraged. We have to speak that that we do know with confidence and courage so that the people will become excited and know that there is hope. There is hope. Amen. And that's why I, I always have speak to. Because I already know there, you know, we are facing something tremendous, but I always speak hope. 
very true, very true, sister. And any and I and I and I always stand corrected. You know, those of you listening, I I, I thought I was being uh, because I'm telling you, a remnant definitely is going to return. That I know. I, I just don't know how. And when I go to look how, it just it just seemed like, oh my goodness, anybody even listen hardly, you know. But I then then I think about my travels, and then I sit down and think about what I saw in Israel, and then I reminisce, you know, like our forefathers did when they said, when we remember Israel, you know, our hearts wept, we hung up our harps in a willow tree. But anyway, folks, listen, again, you listen to Five Smooth Stones, and this is a, a very, it, uh, I love this show, we're just fine-tuning some things, again, talking about how should we live, how should we live, how should we I think we lost us to Eliana just now, and she's going to have to call me because she cannot get back in. Again, you listen to Five Smooth Stones, um, and I know that she was not done, so I'm going to try to call her. Tell you what, let me do a little short little break. We'll take a little short break because I definitely don't want her to, she won't be able to get back in. So she's going to have to have me call her. So, folks, listen, we're not quite done. We're going to put some final touches on this, and I want her to be a part of that. So, Everybody just stay tuned, stay where you at, stay, don't do nothing, don't go nowhere. That sister was firing away, and I definitely want to hear her uh, final words. But like I was saying, you listen to Five Smooth Stones on Brother Seth. We have Cecilia on the body. I always from Merced, California. And uh, like I said, I'm going to just take a quick little break here and try to get her back on the phone lines. If y'all, again, those of you on the phone lines, you have any questions or comments, go ahead and press 1, and we'll get a hold of those questions after we get back from the break. We'll take a little break here, and then we'll get Sister Eliana on the line, okay? But, folks, I'm enjoying this. Uh, you, we need to know these things. We need to put uh, make it practical how, how it's going to look. You know, what's going to happen in Israel? Again, I don't know all the details, but I do know one thing. A change is coming for sure. A change is so coming. So we'll be right back, folks. Be right back. I just want to get a hold of my system. We'll be right back.
<laughs> I can smile again and I don't have to worry cause it's working for me. Yeah, it's working for me. Yeah, it's working for me. Come on, sing that out, say that. That's all we're trying to do tonight. 
We're not better than nobody. We don't think we're better than anybody or holier than anybody or none of that. So those of you listening on, just know that our hearts are right, our attitudes are right. We're just trying to uh, give some guidance to to our people, trying to uh, just put some things out there where we can uh, benefit from. With tonight, we talked about dress code. You know, the do's and the don't. And I think the, the consensus was, and the scriptures more importantly say, that it's a hard thing. We're supposed to follow the Spirit and be led to the Spirit. But Sister Eliana made it very clear that once you do come into knowledge, obviously you want to go into these services like you are facing royalty. And, and she mentioned the Queen Elizabeth and, 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 and these queens. And when you go into their presence... You don't go off into their presence in any old kind of way. And she's right. So, we want to remember that, what was said about that, and all the other things. I'm not going to go through every single thing that was said tonight. But I've enjoyed the show. I've enjoyed the show. My wife was uh, in the in the room here for a while, listening and enjoying the show as well. So, it's not just Brother Seth enjoying my house. It's also Sister, uh, Sister Arlene who's enjoying as well. So, folks, I have really enjoyed this. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this show. I thank everybody for tuning in and for being a part of this show. Some of y'all have hung on from the very beginning. And uh, we lost to see Eliana. She said she was trying to call her sister, and that is what happened. She was trying to call her sister. You know what happened? If your phone line dropped after 10, we can't get you back. So not a problem. Uh, she did her thing anyway. We should have been wrapping the show probably much earlier anyway. So we're just going to go ahead and wrap up the show. Again, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in and just being a part of this 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 research, this Bible study, this fireside chat. Again, we're not better than anybody. We just, you know we ain't trying to be nobody minister preacher. None of that. We just two. Israelites just having a conversation, and we put it on Facebook. I mean, excuse me, we put it on our blog talk where many of you can chime in and talk to us. And that's really all this was about tonight. It's really all this was about tonight. I'm just so glad for the information that went forward. Now, listen, everybody, don't know if we're going to do a part three. Don't know if we're going to do a part three. I really don't know yet. I'm going to talk with the sisters and see, and I may be able to try to get some other sisters on as well. We always have the guys on, the gentlemen on, all the time. So I figured it'd be better to just do something a little different. That's why I reached out to Sister Eliana and her sister. So I don't know if we'll have Viva and Eliana next week. Uh, if we do, it may be a completely different topic. So I don't know yet. Y'all just stay tuned. Remember, just come back to this this network. You can get to it by simply Googling Five Smooth Stone Blog Talk Radio, and you'll be able to find us, all right? It's just that simple. Google.com, type in Blog Talk Radio Five Smooth Stone, and you'll see what the topic is going to be for next year. Love every single one of y'all. And there is nothing... You can do about it. Again, love every single one of y'all. There's nothing you can do about it. Before I go, folks, there's a lot of things we didn't cover. When I say how do we, how should we live as Israelites, obviously there's a lot of things to talk about, politics. And we, we may do a part three. I just don't want to commit to it right now. But we almost have to do a part three because there's so many aspects of life that we didn't even come close to. And the minute you really want to know, how do I live? How do I, how do I function? How do we? I mean, you know, y'all still have a lot of questions. I can feel it in the spirit, 
But just know if we don't cover it now, we'll cover it at a later point. Um, but stay tuned because it may be covered next week. Anyway, this last song I think is going to bless you. Going to bless you. Okay. Good night. God bless every single one of y'all.
got to give God your soul. I need to say that one more time because I wanted to convince the young man that he's got to give it all to him. Yield God your body, your body, 